We have a, 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 an overall topic, um, but when I was preparing and after I was asked to prepare, I, I went through the Bible to, to go through the women that have impacted our journey as Christians and um, had, has, have made an impact on our, our Christian lives. Um, I've refrained to use our normal sisters like your Ruth, um, Mary, mother of Jesus, Martha, Esther, um, because I think that a lot of pastors or of messages have been built around these powerful women. And um, today I've just used our ordinary ladies um, that have lived actually extraordinary lives or, or have made an impact um, through the journey. As women, yes, we share the X chromosome, but we also share something that is more than just genetics. But before we um, open the word of God this morning, I'd like us to just close our eyes or bow our heads for a short prayer. Heavenly Father, I come to you this morning, mighty Lord, as a vessel. I ask that all that has been prepared comes from your mouth until the ears, until the ears of your children. Asking you to use me, mighty God, and get more of you and less of me. Heavenly Father, it may be implanted in our lives and may it be used in our journey of Christian life. We thank you, Heavenly Father, that we have this opportunity this morning to come and take it and have a glimpse of your presence in our lives. Mighty God, humbling ourselves in your presence. Mighty God, there are those who have heavy burdens that have brought to this place. There are those who are brokenhearted, mighty God. And there are those who are just distracted either by things that have happened this morning or things that are to happen tomorrow. But at this moment in time, we ask your Holy Spirit to give us peace, mighty God, as we listen to your word this morning. In the wonderful name of Jesus, we thank you and we pray. Amen. Amen, Bazalwan. We're in the presence of God. Can we say amen like you've entered and you can feel the Holy Spirit amongst us? Amen. amen. That's much better. So I looked at three women uh, in the Bible that I, I feel, one, we don't normally speak about them um, or they, they, they're not normally spoken about, but I feel like they've made a, a, an impact um, in the journey of Christianity. The first lady, our first lady, Eve, who is the first lady of the Bible, um, unfortunately, Eve isn't really depicted in a positive light, or maybe sometimes in my messages that they speak about don't really show the good side of Eve. As you would know, our little madam here doesn't have a clean reputation. Um, dear Eve is known as the woman who, who brought the fall of human race. Um, by being influenced by a serpent, and then she's like, how oh, my darling Adam, have this. So, <clears throat> unfortunately, Eve is the result of the curse of man. But I'd like to look at another characteristics that Unkulunkulu had put in Eve that she maybe have forgotten. I would like for us to open up the book of Genesis, chapter 2. We will read verse 18 to 22. Genesis, chapter 2. Verse 18 to 22. Um, then the Lord God said, It is not good for the man to be alone. I will make a helper who is just right for him. So the Lord God 
formed from the ground all the wild animals and all the birds of the sky. He brought them to the man to see what he would call them, and the man chose a name for each of them. He gave them names, uh, he gave names to all the livestock, to all the birds in the skies, to all the wild animals, animals, but still there was no helper just like him. So the Lord God caused man to fall into a deep sleep. Then the man slept, and the Lord God took out one of his ribs and closed up the opening. Then the Lord made woman from the rib, and he brought her to him. Amen, Bazalan. So basically the word of God, in not so many words, it says Eve is the completion of nature. God created Eve to complete his creation. But Eve failed to see Uguti. Um, she was all of God's creation. And she lost her way and she was influenced by the serpent. So as women, we need to know that after us, God didn't create anything else. Because he, we are the final piece to God's masterpiece. We are the cherry on top of that cake, the salt that's in the food to make the food taste good. And God has entrusted us to do the work because we are his only plan B. Amen. So God made man and saw that still there was something missing. And then he decided to make us woman. God has entrusted us to be helpers of man. Not only man as the male species, but man in general. So what is the definition of help, of a helper? It's an assistant, it's, an, it's a co-worker, it's a teammate, it's a, it's a partner. So may we as women not doubt our abilities because Nkulunkulu has entrusted us and he knows that we are capable of doing it. Let us fulfill our creation purpose. The purpose why God made us as women, to be helpers, to be assistants, to be co-workers, to be active participants as a teammate and as a partner, so that um, this journey of Christ is possible. My journey also going through the word of God led me to another ordinary, extraordinary woman, Uliya. Uliya was a loyal woman who, was, who, who possessed inner strength and humility and inner beauty. Uliya, as we all know, was Rachel's older sister. Ibaipeli even says that um, Leah didn't have that spark in her eye. Um, she wasn't as pretty as Rachel, but I see such beauty in Uliya. Um, as, you, as we know, Uguti Ujacob was um, working for Libani for seven years to win the heart of Rachel. And I'm sure within the community, everyone knew, no, Jacob is going to marry Uliyah. I mean, he's going to marry Rachel after seven years of working. And I'm sure he's, he's been envisioning this all this time for seven years. But the, change, the tables change, and Uliya is sent to the wedding tent. And in the morning, when Jacob wakes up, what does he see? Uliya. I want us to just put ourselves in the, in, 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 the, in the shoes, Jacob, as he wakes up in the morning. And he is like, what is this? 
I can imagine Jacob getting out of bed and running out of the tents and screaming and shouting and like, that's not my wife. That is not the woman I've worked for for seven years. The humiliation, you guys, like, you know, and I think of Uliya, just, th- just reading through um, the story, um, I'm sure Jacob didn't just wake up and, like, compose himself and, like, let me go speak to your father. I'm sure he was furious. I'm sure he was mad. I'm sure he was ranting and raving, and he was inside. He was boiling. But also look at Isaide Laliya, when the man that is your husband now is running around the whole community screaming and shouting and not expecting you to be his wife. I probably, probably Jacob couldn't hold back. He stormed out of the tent shouting, ranting and raving, saying that he was tricked. After seven years of working, this is not what I expected. And Uliya, I'm sure she felt ashamed, embarrassed, unloved, and it was just evident that she wasn't the chosen favorite daughter. But still, she remained in this marriage. Uliya stayed, her cause that she was sent. If we just take a glimpse and look at Genesis 29, we're going to be reading verse 31 and to 35. Genesis 29, 31 to 35. This passage just, take, just shows us a little bit of what this marriage was, was like. It reads as follows. Verse 31. When the Lord saw that Leah was unloved, he enabled her to have children, but Rachel could not conceive. So Leah became pregnant and gave birth to a son. She named him Reuben. For she said, the Lord has noticed my misery, and now my husband will love me. Soon, she soon became pregnant again and gave birth to a son. His name was Simeon. For she said, the Lord heard that I was unloved and has given me another son. Then she became pregnant a third time and gave birth to another son. He, he was named Levi. And she, and she said, surely this time my husband will feel affection for me since I've given him three sons. Once again, Leah became pregnant and gave birth to another son. She named him Judah. And she said, now I will praise the Lord. And then she stopped having children. So verse 31 to 35 just shows us a glimpse of Leah's journey in this marriage. Leah, it's evident her marriage was a marriage that lacked love. I am sure Uliah worked every day, worked very hard to be loved by her husband, to win favor um, from her husband. Um, when she gives birth to the third son and calls him Ulevi, she says that surely this time my husband will feel affection for me since I've given him three sons. God sees what we are going through as women. Yes, we may be facing different challenges. The road or the journey that he has put us on may be hard. We may feel at times unloved, unfavored, but like Uliya, God has given us the strength to walk this journey. 
I like the last son, Ujudia, Ujudia uh, um, that God has given Uliya, because this is the lineage, God sees, and he is faithful, and he is just, and his, his, um, he's able to, to reward us on this journey. Uliya showed faithfulness, she showed loyalty, she worked hard on her journey, and God rewarded her. She might not have seen the salvation when Jesus came, but because of her, we were saved. So let us stay loyal, let us stay strong, because God has given us the strength to remain um, able to walk this cause, and that God has called us, and Leah is the testament to that. Our last lady that I would like for us to speak about is Zipporah. Not a lot of us know who Zipporah is. I think she's probably mentioned twice in passing, in, in a passage in the Bible, but Zipporah is the wife of Moses. And after the burning bush um, episode between Moses and God, I think for the first time, like when I properly read Exodus chapter 3 and 4, I didn't realize how Moses fought this, this cup of his that he was supposed to carry all this journey. Um, so that particular, especially chapter 3, we see Moses, the whole of chapter 3 and, and chapter 4 up to verse 16, we see Moses going on and on and on and on and on, protesting and pleading with God. He has excuses for days as to why he is not the right person to do this job. Moses um, finally says, okay, okay, I'll do this. Okay, let's go. I'll go with my family. And there they go. They pack their bags and they're heading to Egypt. But something happens along the way. Oh, dear Moses. Can we open up the book of Exodus? This is our last book. The book of Exodus chapter 4. We will read verse 24 to 26. Exodus chapter 4, verse 24 to 26. And it, read, it reads as follows. On the way to Egypt, at a place where Moses and his family had stopped for the night, the Lord confronted him and was about to kill him. But, Mo, but Moses' wife, Zipporah, took a flint knife and circumcised her son. She, she touched his feet with the foreskin and then said, Now you are the bridegroom of the blood to me. After that, the Lord left him alone. Amen. Amen. As we know, the ritual of circumcision in the Old Testament is a covenant between God and man. And it's a symbol of us men saying, we have faith in you, God. As I'd mentioned in chapter 3, um, and in the beginning of chapter 4, there is a back and forth conversation between Moses and God. Moses fighting, I, I am assuming, doubt, fear of this journey that he's about to take. Because God has instructed him to do his work to free his people and to show the people of Israel who God is and show them miracles of what God can do. 
but Moses is grasping with this concept and it's just not finding a place in his heart. I see God even going a little bit further. Moses, that um, staff that you are carrying, throw it on the floor. Moses does so and it becomes a snake. And then he grabs the, the snake's tail and it becomes a staff. Still, Moses has He's faithless or fearful or doubtful. So take your hand and put it in your cloak. When the hand comes out, it's got some sort of disease or whatever. And then he takes the hand and he puts it in his cloak again. And the hand comes out healthy. This is God reassuring Moses. I've got you. I am in control. It's not you. But still, Bazalwan, still Moses has fear. He's doubtful and he's not sure. But still, Moses and he goes on the journey and they're on the way um, to Egypt. And something happens when they're resting. The, the word of God says that um, Moses confront, I mean, God, the Lord confronted him and was about to kill him. I am assuming in my imagination, probably Moses went down to kneel and pray and said, God, I can't really do this. Um, I know that you want me to go to Egypt, but this is just not for me. God is angry and he confronts Moses and he's, as he's about to kill Moses, the woman of God, Zipporah, steps in. Zipporah was truly a helper to her partner. She was a teammate. And as women, that's who we are in the world to people around us. Uzipora, I feel like at that time when she heard the conversation between God and, and, and her husband, she had insight to say, let me quickly do the ceremony because the ceremony was done by men alone. But she was like, because my man at this moment in time can't do this, let me step in. And that's who we are as women. Uzipora knew her husband was capable of doing this because God doesn't call you to something without knowing or giving you the capability to do it. But Moses had a problem. Therefore, Zipporah, as a woman who is in touch with her relationship with God, said, but I know that my husband can do this. Let me step in. That's who we are as women. So Zipporah steps in, and um, she, she does the ceremony because she knows this will save um, her husband. Um, and she knew and she could see, she could hear during the conversation between um, God and Moses, oh, this is going down the wrong path. We're about to lose it now. So as a woman of God, to the woman in this church this morning, are you saving those who are around you? Are you in touch with God, God's inner being, with his Holy Spirit, to see when people are going into destruction, disaster, or doom? Are you in touch with God and know um, when people are called and you are needing to support them? Whether it's through prayer, through participating in whatever they need to do, um, through being an active participant, are you saving the day? Zipporah conducts a very sacred man ritual to save Moses. Zipporah stood in the gap 
by doing this ritual, she's telling Unkulunkulu that we trust you. Because by saying, now, God, you are the groomen of the blood to me, this is her telling God, we trust you. By performing this circumcision, um, something Moses could have done, but he did not do. By doing just that uh, ceremony, God leaves him alone and saves um, Moses and his family. As a woman, this is who we are. We have the ability to save people. So these three women, um, as short and insignificant their stories are, some of them, like I say, Mlambe, for example, Zipporah, probably you see her, her name twice or three times in passing in the Bible. Uliya, unfortunately, is known as the unloved wife. U Eve was known as, or oh, she's famous for um, cursing the man, um, human race. But I've picked up great lessons from these women. And there are things that we need to learn and take and, and go forward with. Eve teaches us that we need to be active participants that are made complete. That we are entrusted by God in this journey of being Christ-like humans. Ulia, she teaches us to remain strong in our cause, teaches us to be loyal and faithful in God's work, and God will fulfill us at the end of this journey. Lastly, Uzipora teaches us as women to stand in the gap, to have insight for those who are called by God, and to save them in times of destruction, disaster, and doom. As women of God, may we be touched by these three stories that, and, and make an impact to those around us. Until next year, women of God, amen.